Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the digital workspace inner workings. How you doing, Heather? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Topsy turvy week so far. I was enjoying your your article you sent me about the uh, the levels of of hybrid working and why everyone's at level two. I think that's a, that's a very very poignant situation still for a lot of people. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting one, especially since it came out in 2020, but still feels relevant. Yeah, so that was the. Um, the parent company of WordPress, I don't remember the name of the organization anymore, but um, they've been remote for a long time. They have like over a thousand employees fully remote across like 80 countries. And the CEO has this, these uh, five levels of remote working that he talks about and how Most organizations are at the level two, which is where you're trying to recreate the office, but in a remote way. Yeah, and and that's usually the way everyone gets frustrated because they're they're, they're being treated again like factory workers, but they're working from home and they've got no flexibility. I mean, that's that's what I was feeling when I was reading that as a level two. And I I like that asynchronous working is the top of the, 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 I think it's top of the pyramid, um, which is near the top which I think is the key place to get to. Yeah, I think that was that was either three or four. I honestly, I didn't understand the fifth, the fifth level. It was a little fuzzy to me, but I think async is, that's where you really get the flexibility. So, so level two is recreating the office. Level three is adopting to, to the adapting to the medium. So, using shared documents and charts as, as as well as better equipment to harness remote work. And then level four, which is asynchronous, and that's that's where you give people. You know, you, you're not. Maybe we're just talking about the recreating the office, which is you know everyone's going to be in the office at the same time. Everyone has to leave at the same time, and all your meetings happen. You know, in that in, in that period. Uh, whereas, and and uh, and I suppose you're. You know the difference between level two and level three, which is adapting to the medium, is you're still um, emailing around documents. Um, you're not using some of the more more common collaboration tools like a Miro or um, Google Workspace or, or Office three six five those sort of things. And then asynchronous is where you are not in sync with everyone else necessarily. And I guess this is the difference between recreating the office and not, is that if, you know, yes, you'll have overlaps and that's okay, but you're giving people time to do work at their own at their own value time, which could mean, you know, and like in my case, either I'm up at 4 a.m. or I'm, I'm working till 2 a.m., but I'm not necessarily needing to be on the phone with everyone at that time and I'm and I'm sending messages at, when I'm doing that stuff, but I'm not expecting answers straight away necessarily. Um, and then Nirvana is kind of where everyone is doing it the same way. Because you still you still have people that are in different levels too, I think, which is he doesn't really articulate in this diagram. But uh, you know, there are some people that are, you know, in very commas old school, who are, 
you know, if you're not online at, at 12 o'clock in the day, then you're not working. Versus those that are like, well, I've got the work to get done. It's results orientated and, and you'll have it by Friday because, you know, I'll get it done by Friday. Yeah. I actually think in addition to people kind of working at different levels of this, I think at least for a lot of organizations that are that were pretty far along with work tech before, you know, before 2020 when everyone went remote, I think are more in the like, I would say like a 3.5. I think the hard part to nail with async is like meeting culture and how to like, you have to find ways to work differently to be truly asynchronous. You have to kind of reject most, most meetings because it's really hard when you're embracing that style of work to um, coordinate calendars then because you really don't know, like you could, obviously you can still plan things, but it's so much harder. Um, and it, it, it would disrupt, you know, if someone wants to be someone who starts work at 10 a.m., say, but you need them to be on for a 9 a.m. recurring meeting that doesn't really gel with the spirit of, of asynchronous. So how do you, how do you make the leap? Because I think, I think to me, that's where a lot of organizations who, you know, aren't the type that just got on to Office 365, let's say, are, that's where they're at. Yeah, and I think that's where, I don't know if you remember, we had, um, I think it was Jared on, and, and, and they they switched out their need. So, so you still have a, a scheduled meeting, a scheduled stand-up or whatever, and you can attend that provided you, well, you can attend if you want to, but they still, they use other mechanisms, like they were using a bot, and they're using Slack, I think, so a Slack bot, where the same three questions that you'd answer in a stand-up, you know, what have you done, what do you block by, and, and um, what are you working on next? You can answer those things to the bot, or you can attend the meeting and do the same thing, and then they re- and they record and transcribe those meetings anyway. So if you do miss the meeting, you could still, you know, hear what's what's going on, um, and uh, you can um, be available in your time zone too. And then if there's still a need for a spin-off meeting where you need to talk to that person, I think he was using Calendly as, as well, where you know people can see his diary through Calendly and book the slot. And as long as he's keeping his time zones up to date, they can look for the overlap. Now, obviously this is not, not a, a necessarily perfect situation. I mean, if, if you're in um, the East Coast of the United States, you need to talk to someone in, in Sydney, uh, there's a very small window of overlap. You know, someone's gonna be inconvenienced. But if you typically like me, who's, who's you know, plus or minus four hours from, from the UK, yeah, you can fit that in. Even plus or minus six hours, you can fit that in. It just means either an early morning or late night or a late afternoon call, depending on the thing. So um, I think that's, you know, pretty, pretty constructive way of handling those things. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I did think it was interesting. WordPress talked about how they they're basically the way they've distributed the team across, you know, 80 countries. They are like a continuous machine. It's like someone's always working instead of having more of a like I think a lot of teams are distributed and might have like pockets here and there, but it sounds like they're extremely distributed, which kind of does give them an interesting like the full clock is always they always have people working um in a very 
I guess across more more time zones. So I don't know. It's interesting to me that they like call that out as part of their success model. Yeah, and and I think that that's a very important thing to to factor in. Um, and it, and it's it's a nice thing when it works, but it's not always possible if that makes any sense. So when you when you're doing you think about like a, an incident process. So you've got a, a support team and you're dealing with, uh, and let's keep it very simple, let's say it's an internal incident. So um, a critical service is down, uh, you know, cloud service, email, whatever it is. You can have that scenario where, and, and it's the, the follow the sun model where the support in Asia picks it up first, they hand it over to the UK, who hands it over to the US as the time goes and there's handovers and there's there's people involved and, and they're working their normal day shift and, and it's really an information exchange. And, and you know, the tools work really well for that. You have a persistent chat tool, you you know, Teams or, or Slack. You have a channel dedicated to the issue. Um, you know, prior to persistent chat solutions, they were using emails back and forwards and email chains and, and shared mailboxes. But, you know, persistent chat's been around for a while, uh, even with, with um, Skype and Skype for Business. Uh, and that helps because then there's a flow of information and you can see what's going on. And, and you know, some of the ITSM tools are also geared for that. And there's, there'd be a, a bridge call. And, you know, this is in the days before um, Skype for Business and stuff, which would just be a, a you know a telephone number everyone dials into and, and you stay on the call. You know, now it would be a, a Teams or a Zoom call where uh, people are joining the call as they need to. And it'd be you know linked back to to whatever it is. So that so in that scenario, that, that sort of follow the sun thing works quite well. When you're doing it with an engineering team who's building code and stuff, you typically would be, it, would, it does work, but you now, you have to get it to a level that interdependent work is well known and people are aware of uh, if their component will affect somebody else. Now, you can also do that by function. You could have your testing team sitting in one time zone, you could have your developers sitting in another time zone, and that sort of thing. But that, that's where you can run into the timing challenge where if your testing team is sitting in Asia and your development team is sitting in the UK and Asia is now waiting for the next piece of code and that piece of code would fix it to that code and that person's only coming online in the UK time zone, even the US time zone, you might be losing a whole day for a testing team if there's nothing else to test. Now, you know, the agile methodologies in theory should mitigate that, especially if you're using something like Kanban where um, you've always got to make sure, uh, well, there's limits to how much will be in each stage, but you've always got to keep that stage full. Uh, and they're putting work in, you know, testing's putting work in. But sometimes that that order of precedence needs to be thought about to where you put put people in and, you know, depends on the company and, and how you want to set things up. You, know, you might have engineers and testers in each region and you're trying to consistently feed the pipe with work to be done. But, you know, I, I always liked that scenario where you've got someone working somewhere in the world uh it just feels like you're not wasting time mm-hmm. um but you've got to be you know be aware that, that there's going to be stages where um someone's not going to have something to do because of a, a time zone person uh, not in sequence with them it does make collaboration more challenging for sure yeah. And especially mm-hmm. if you want to, I think that's where the asynchronous part and work boundaries can become tricky as well. It's if you would really like a piece of information from someone you know, it's past five in their time zone, but maybe it's not like midnight, right? Like they're probably still awake, whatever time zone you're looking at. 
you might still send them, you know, a soccer team's message and they may or may not reply to you, but that's where kind of the, it can kind of extend the day depending on how you like to work or willing to work um, to kind of make up for some of that lost collaboration because the time zones are um, difficult to bridge. Yeah. Uh, and I think that comes down to a cultural thing too, in the sense that you are not fixated on everyone being available. And and I mean, my email signature has this as well. I, I completely support flexible working. So if you, if I send this email now, I don't expect you to respond to it now. Now, in the case that something is urgent, then you might go to another channel. You might do a WhatsApp as opposed to an email, uh, or you might do Teams or Slack. You know, depending, and this comes down to relationships. And I think this is where people still need to talk. They still need to to do video conferencing if they can't meet face to face, or at least do you know meet up some point so you build a relationship, and then you can gauge how successfully you can breach those boundaries if you like with someone because you know them. You know, and and you know I'm working with some guys now with young kids. I know if I send them a message three o'clock in the morning, I may get a response because they might be up with their kids. And then if they respond, you know, then you've got to kind of weigh up, are you now creating a, a bit of anxiety because you've now started a conversation with them because you're awake and they're awake and they're like, you know, got their kid on their shoulder while they're trying to get it to sleep and and you are now asking questions. So, you know, you've got to try to be aware of that sort of stuff. But, uh, you know, if someone answers you, then, you know, you, you've been hooked. You know, it's like going on a holiday and you check your email and you reply to one email and you're hooked. You know, now, you, now people see that you're online. So these are things that, that you know, you've got to be mature about and, and um, be aware of the hooking. So there was one more point from the article that I thought was really interesting that doesn't get talked about enough, I don't think, but it's the what persistent notifications, what like nonstop email checking does to your brain. So the article says, aside from the obvious and massive benefit of giving knowledge workers time to think, create, and get into the flow state, a psychological state whereby we get or we're up to five times more productive, according to McKinsey. Um, and then the article goes on. But I just think the the flow state, the uninterrupted state where you kind of sink into your work, you can do deep work and you're working more efficiently because you're not constantly losing your train of thought or your the process you're in is so underrated in the way that we work today and like the digital sort of always on and it's not even always a external pressure it's the it's it's partly like the culture but it's also the tools you know getting notifications and getting you know the noises and you can shut things off but then you're less you know you respond less quickly and I think that one's a hard thing to manage <laughs> and I think a lot of people myself included are don't get enough of that deep work time because you're it's hard to sink away from the the tools and the notifications and the flurry of things that are going on. Oh yeah, look, speaking to the converted here, I mean that that is my biggest challenge. And I mean I actually delete I go through phases where I delete apps off my phone because I I know I'm just getting pulled into these things. Uh like if you remember that book Make Time, they call them infinity pools. Where you get pulled in and then you get stuck with them and you just you know, and, and it becomes a hand habit. You you pick up the phone every morning at the same time because now you're checking, um, you know, what's happened. You know, you, you, you want to get a thing in before before the day starts because you think it's important. Uh, you don't want to miss anything. 
And meanwhile, you're actually just creating this thing where your brain now wants to be stimulated every morning by checking your phone for whatever's going on. And you've actually got to delete. I mean, I'm trying it with focus mode at the moment. It's not really working, but you want to actually hide all those things until a certain time of the day. You know, say 11 o'clock, for example. And then you check your email. Then you check your messages and all that stuff. And ideally, what you really want is to, to only be notified of a really urgent message. You know, if something's happened to someone, you know, that kind of emergency. Uh, and I think that's potentially where, where some smart AI algorithm needs to come to play. Save us, save it, <laughs> save us from ourselves with some automation. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, it, it's just a case of uh, you need you need a filtering mechanism. And then I, I'm doing this in a way I've got a daily email that gets sent out at midnight. And that, that email summarizes my day, my meetings for the day. So when my wife asks me, what is your plan for the day? I'll say, oh, these are the meetings that I have. And and that that uh, extract includes any family stuff as well. So if, if my kids are going swimming or whatever it is, it also helps me to see, oh, you know, at three o'clock today, I've, I've got to go and take my son for swimming, but I've also now got a project meeting at the same time, which I hadn't seen come into my diary over, overnight. At least gives me a couple hours to to try and move it or make plans or anything like that. So it's just because I find the minute, like especially with the Outlook apps, the minute you open Outlook to, to look at your calendar, you got your email right there. And that's the problem. It's like, oh, there's an email that I need to reply to. And I can reply to that in two minutes. So let me reply to it. But then you reply to it. Then there's another email that's coming. That, you know, and then you're, you're, you're hooked. Yeah. It's a, it's a difficult balance <laughs> yeah. working with all this technology. But yeah, I think... Uh, I need to wrap up there. So that was good, Jen. Good stuff. We'll chat uh, on Thursday. Cheers, Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.